Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hello, welcome back into the podcast that we like to call From the Podium. We're here directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Stephen Serta. On Wednesday, the Chiefs return to the practice field to continue their preparation for Saturday's divisional round matchup against the Jacksonville Jaguars. We heard from offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, defensive coordinator Steve Spagnolo, special teams coordinator Dave Tobe, defensive line coach Joe Cullen, quarterbacks coach Matt Nagy, and defensive backs coach Dave Merritt. We'll go in that order, starting with Eric Bieniemy, followed by Spags, then Dave Tobe. After that, we'll take a quick timeout. When we get back, we'll wrap things up with Joe Cullen, Matt Nagy, and Dave Merritt. Here's Eric Bieniemy. Uh, every year we set a goal, all right, and obviously we we set it as a team. The number one objective is to do what? Is to win the AFC West. All right. The next objective is to establish home field advantage. All right. Last objective is to go out and win the Super Bowl. Now, we're in that playoff season time. Our guys have an understanding that every day, every moment matters, okay? One thing I think we do a great job of, and Coach Reed sets the tempo with this, and we talk about this each and every year, we have to create an energy. As a coaching staff, we got to bring in that energy to provide juice to our players about what we're pursuing. The next thing, we eliminate the distractions. Okay, we want to keep all the, the stuff out of our way, keeping it out of these walls and making sure that we're focused on what needs to get done. We fear absolutely nothing. It's all about embracing the challenge. Okay? And then we attack everything. You gotta have a plan, you gotta execute your plan, and you gotta go out and make it happen. With that said, I'm all ears. I wonder if you could uh, take us back to when you guys played Jacksonville earlier this year. Kind of maybe a low point for them after they left here. They had their bye week. They got really hot after that. When you're looking at them on tape this last month or so, how do they look different than what you saw that day? You know, I don't think they look any different. I, I'll say this. <laughs> we knew going into that game that they were a very talented team. I got a lot of good friends on that staff, and they do a great job. The thing that I'm seeing now is that those guys embracing the process. Right? They're starting to trust exactly what their coaches have provided for them. That's a very talented team. Those guys, they play hard, they play fast, they play physical, they're aggressive, and then on top of that, they have belief in what they're doing. You just don't come back and win the game down 27-0 and find a way to win. So our job is to make sure that we're taking care of our business. If we're taking care of our business, we'll give ourselves a chance. But this is a great team and a great opponent that we will be playing against. Coach, we've talked before about Andy and, and you and how you guys make the opening script, how much of an advantage is it for the other side to know exactly how that process works? With the, with the... <laughs> you know what? I think there's a little game of chess and cat and mouse that, that goes on with that. And, uh, I mean, you think about it. Doug kind of one-upped us uh, and, and got the, uh, the onside kick in the first game. So uh, there's always a little game of that. But 
The thing is, we just got to make sure that we stay in tune to what needs to be done from our perspective. We know exactly what they're going to do, and obviously they'll have a wrinkle or two. Mike Caldwell, who's a former teammate of mine, he's a brilliant mind, an outstanding coach, and he's done a great job. He's, he's doing a great job of putting those guys in positions to make plays, and they're doing a hell of a job. So at the end of the day, it's not necessarily about what they do. It's about what we do as an offense and making sure that we can go out and execute our plan. Eric, do you feel like you guys have more to present than the opposition from an offensive line standpoint, given that this is the second time that this group is going to go through the postseason together, or at least start a postseason together? Is there, do you feel like there are more things, I guess, available to the offense because the offensive line has just had more games together? You know what? Uh, that's kind of a tricky question. I'll say this. We always want to do what our guys can do. Our offensive line, in my opinion, they, they played, a, a, in my opinion, they played a damn good game against the Raiders. Uh, they're doing an outstanding job. But I don't want to take away any success that that defensive line has, uh, has earned. Last week, I thought those guys, in my opinion, they won that game. You know, that defensive front took over. And they did an outstanding job in the second half of that football game. Obviously, I thought they did a heck of a job in the first half, but they did an outstanding job in the second half. Our guys just got to go out there and be who they are. We got to remain poised. We got to play it one play at a time and do what we're expected to do. So we don't need to change anything. We just need to go out there and be ourselves and have fun doing it. There's so much of a discussion here about getting the quarterback in rhythm mm-hmm. as quickly as you can in a game. Obviously, one of this magnitude, but obviously, Pat's been through this before. But you have guys like Kadarius, mm-hmm. Isaiah, um, you know, MBS, Juju. They haven't obviously played in the postseason game in this offense. Mm-hmm. Has there been a discussion this week about trying to get those other guys in rhythm as quickly as you can, considering obviously how talented your quarterback is? There's always a discussion about getting those guys going and getting them all in rhythm. But the thing is also, too, we have great leadership. And obviously it starts at the top with our head, man. But on top of that, we got some players who have been there and done that. So, yes, we do want to get Pat in rhythm. But one thing, Pat will tell you, he wants to get the O-line in rhythm. Trav will tell you, hell, he wants to get those younger guys in rhythm. So we're relying upon our leadership and getting those guys basically to go out there and relax remain poised under pressure, and let's just go out there and be ourselves, play hard, be accountable to one another by playing hard and going out and just being who we are as a team. Is that the uh, the alert? <laughs> oh, that's an amber alert. Coach, um, you know, McColl looks like he's probably maybe not going to be available again. I guess the coach said he had a, like a setback a little bit and then come back. What's the frustration level or just the difficulty that it's been for the last couple of months of trying to work him back into it and having the setbacks? And what are you missing if you don't have him? Well, first and foremost, our training room is doing an outstanding job with him. Um, The thing I don't want to do, I don't want to uh, comment on anything because obviously if he's not available, he's not available. So I want the training staff to take care of that. But the kid is a tremendous, talented kid, and he brings a lot to the table. But just like we do with all of our other players, it's our job as coaches to make sure that we're getting the other guys ready to step up and play big in those particular roles. Coach Joe has done a heck of a job with the guys that he has. KT has done a heck of a job. Sky Moore has done a heck of a job. I mean, hell, uh, Juju, Quez, uh, Jay Watt, you know, the tight ends are stepping up, and uh, our backs are doing a great job. So. Those guys understand that, hey, when someone's not available, it's all of our 
chances and all of our opportunities, we got to make the most of, meaning we got to go out there and provide some big play material by making something happen with those particular players. When you said you wanted to eliminate distractions, mm -hmm. um, it, 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 this time of year you always get asked about jobs, and we know that you're concentrating on this right now, but you mm -hmm. did have an interview last week with the Colts. They tweeted that out. Did the process feel different for you this year than it has in the past? Because I know they had the deal where you got to meet with ownership last year in the offseason. Did it feel any different, any better than it has in past years? Well, I'll just say this. It's always good to be recognized and always great to have that opportunity. But right now, you know, it's, it's, it's game time. So we'll worry about that when it's time to take care of that. But, yes, it's always good to be recognized for that. And, yes, do I believe that I'm qualified? Yes, I do. But that's not the issue right now. The issue is making sure that we're taking care of business, that I'm doing my part and being accountable to those guys who's counting on me to be available and be at my best when my best is needed. You said, you said the training staff's doing a great job with Cole Harper, so something else went wrong. Too, too, did he not, was he not honest with where he was at? Did he try to do too much too early? And obviously the process, they did a great job in the process of broken down somewhere and trying to get him back. Because I don't think you get him out there practicing him and Andy even said, boy, he thought this was going to be the week and now there's a setback. What, you know, is there a lesson to be learned? Like, hey, don't go so fast, young man, or don't do too much, or you know, what went wrong? There's always a lesson to be learned, but, I mean, that's something that, that's not my world. I'm not going to comment on that. Uh, well, if he's doing too much, it is in your world because you run the practice. <laughs> so it can be in your world. Well, I'm going to say this one more time. It's not in my world because it's a training room deal, whereas we're counting on our players and we don't discuss injuries. So that's where our policy steps in, okay? And not trying to be an asshole. I'm just trying to walk a fine line, okay? And I understand, all right? But I want to let that process take care of itself. You always want a kid to be at his best. Obviously, if that's not the case, then we continue. So I'll allow the people that need to take care of that, they'll take care of that. Other than that, our job is to make sure is that the guys who are getting ready to play, we're ready to play, and we're expected to be at our best. Eric, with Travis... Uh, Eric, with Travis Kelsey, uh, last six games, I believe, without a touchdown, uh, what are you seeing the defenses play them a little differently? And you know with so much postseason success that he's had, how do you feel he flips the switch in the postseason? Well, you got to understand, Travis had an outstanding career for a number of years. And obviously he's one of Pat's top targets. Teams are always going to try and find a way to scheme it up where they can take him away. The only thing that does, and I think Pat has done a great job with this, is making sure that he can find the other guys who are available, who are uh, open, who's not being doubled. But on top of that, Kels, you know, he's a little slick. Uh, he understands the game. I'm pretty sure he'll have a few wrinkles up his sleeve, and we'll find a way to do something to make sure that he can have the success that's going to help us right, when it's all said and done with. Yes, sir. Aaron, you guys are incredibly high on Kadarius. Um, what tells you, you know, what shows you that he may have the ceiling of potential being a number one wideout for a team in this league? Well, KT, first of all, he's a tremendous athletic kid. He works at it. He has fun. He's very, very intelligent. Every time he's out there, he's looking to make something happen. All right. On top of that, he loves the game. You can tell by his intensity in the classroom. And then just the feedback that you get from him. Okay. So the kid is a, a very smart, intelligent. He loves the game. And I think just being in a new environment has uplifted him, you know, uh, 
and it's raising this game to another level. So we're enjoying them. We're enjoying the process. He's enjoying the process. And the fun part is watching all those guys interact. The chemistry has been outstanding. Look, how, yeah. how do you see that? You say you feel like he's been energized by coming here. What leads you to say that? Well, he's smiling, he's happy, he's enthused. You see it, just his body language, you know, stepping into the building every single day. And that's what we talk about, creating that energy, you know. All right, thank you, guys. I checked before I came in here. Um, hope you guys had a good bye week, if it was a bye week for you. We did. Uh, fired up to get going here. It's always great to be in the playoffs. Um, got a little bit of work under our belt yesterday, and ready to go. So with that, I'll open it up. How much uh, do you really get to put into one team? You know, four possible opponents. Yeah. How much do you evaluate? You know, I tell you, we, we uh, concentrated a little bit more on us, um, some things we thought we needed to work on. And then we looked at, you know, we perused, you know, those four teams and put a little bit more of a percentage into the teams we thought we were going to play and then tried to pull things out that were common uh, and then worked on those last week. So that's kind of where we spent most of our time. Steve, when you face a guy like you know Doug Peterson and his offense with so much familiarity between the, both of you, do you see anything that's different over years? You have to look back at tape from two, three, four years of his offense. Like, how do you kind of go across? From yeah, um, you know, listen, Doug's really good, and uh, I think he's done a great job with the players he has. I think he it takes that long of a period to figure out what you have, what they can do, and what they can't do. And I think just like we were doing, trying to figure out what our guys could and couldn't do, I think they've done it. So we've kind of just rested upon what they, the, the body of work that they've had this year. Um, haven't dug, dug too deep into, because you know when I, when I was with the Giants, we played him when he was in Philly. So there was this, and you know there are some common concepts that people carry, uh, but concentrated mostly on what they've done this year. Steve, I, I know you don't study Patrick per se. <clears throat> I, I suspect you have some sense of his evolution over these last few years, and I, I wonder if you can describe what, what it is, how difficult it is to contain a guy who sort of keeps evolving. It, it yeah. like his definition of the line keeps... You know, what always amazes me about our whole offensive group is how well they know each other. It's like Travis knows exactly where Patrick's, what he's going to do, you know, when he scrambles to his right or his left. And, you know, the guys that, you know, obviously Travis has been the one that's been with them the most, but... Like even Jarek, I, I just feels like he f knows where Pat's going to be. And to me, that's the most amazing thing. How they ever get that done, I'll never know. And Patrick's a typical elite player. He makes the other ten guys around him better. And you see that all the time. You see it in practice. You see it on the field. When I get to watch a couple of plays, um, always impressive. Uh, I don't know if that helps you with the question you're asking. but You have some sense of... Patrick still being kind of ever-growing, ever-changing? Yeah, I mean, I, listen, I think everybody in the league does that. I mean, I've had guys that um, were in their 15th year that felt like there was something new they learned or were involving. Whether, you know, you get to that part and then it's evolving into, do I got to keep my weight down because I'm older? You know, how do I handle, you know, treat my body, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that's a, I think every year is an evolution year. Are there any areas on defense where you feel like you've, exceeded what you thought you might be able to achieve mm. with, say, in, in OTAs or what you were thinking back then or, or camp? I can think of the ones that wanted to be better, <laughs> quite honestly. Um, what, what were some of those? Well, the red zone, certainly. We've talked about that before. Uh, and I'm always a stickler for third down. I mean, overall, we were okay, but I just think that's such a critical down, especially in the playoffs. 
Um, I would like to be better at third down. And I don't think we had as many turnovers this year as we did a year ago. I thought we would have had more of that with the way we played, but I can't, you can never put your finger on that one. Um, I don't remember a lot of dropped interceptions. I can remember a couple in my mind that stick out. Uh, the guys would probably be able to tell you which ones they did or didn't get. Um, so maybe those three kind of critical areas. And I'm always, I, th I thought the pass rushes has gotten better and better. I, the linebackers kind of evolved, the young corners. I mean, all those things have been pluses. As far as the pass rush, have you come farther than maybe you thought you would have when the season started? Well, I mean, I was always, I didn't, I didn't, you know, you know me, I've said this before, I didn't earmark a certain this or a certain that. Um, I was just always hopeful that it would get better better as the season went on, and I think that happened. So. Where's, where's Jacksonville gotten better? Hmm. Uh, well, I tell you what, they they do a lot. They're kind of like, you know, way Coach Reed and the guys are here. You're not going to, probably not going to see what they did last week, two weeks ago, whatever. They, they change it up quite a bit. Um, and so I think they've gotten to the point where they're, they're players and Doug, they're so well connected that they, they can do that in a game plan and change it around. Maybe early in the year, I didn't go back to, you know, it's really halfway through the season you look at now. <clears throat> I'm sure early with the growing pains, it was a little bit different. But to me, it's kind of like the whole playbook is there. You know, they're wide open. And, and listen, they're, they're, they're that anyway, and we're expecting anything. All fourth down plays, you know, go for it, take chances. We've got to be ready for gadgets, anything like that. This year, maybe more so than other years. What tells you that guys like George and Trent and Jalen are ready for the game to get a little bit? Yeah, better? I mean, I listen. Uh, we preach this a lot. I mean, to us, it's it's an important game. The speed gets faster. Coach Reed's been talking about that all week. But just play the game that you've been playing. You know, there's, and there's, I'll talk with them a lot about the the balance between um, you know emotions and the mental part of it. Because when you get out of whack one way or the other. You don't play good football, but we'll be educating them, and hopefully they play their best football just like we need all of them to down the stretch here. Coach, uh, Doug Peterson's going up against, obviously, his mentor, for lack of a better term. You did that in 2011 uh, with the Rams. You know, I have a lot of questions of like, who has the advantage, right? Is it yeah. Andy? Is it the mentor? Like, what, yeah. What did you remember about having been in the room with the guy and then facing him? Yeah, you know what I remember about that game? Because we opened up with him, I think, uh -huh. in 2011. We scored right out of the blocks. And on that score, Steven Jackson had, he pulled his quad. Like about eight plays later, Danny Amendola popped out his elbow. He was done. And our best corner somewhere in the third quarter, Ron Bartel, he got hurt. So we were ahead, and I thought we had a chance to beat, you know, the mentor, right? And all of a sudden, it went the other way. That's what I remember. Um, but I think it's always great playing guys that you've worked with, you know, John Harbaugh and, you know, Sean McDermott, all those guys that we kind of compete against, and you were brothers in the room. Is it an advantage, or is it maybe a Oh, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> well, at that point, you know, we were a couple of years removed from, you know, it was 06 was the last year with Andy, and then, that, then it's 2011. Right. Now, when I was with the Giants, we were going against them, you know, right out of the blocks. But by that point, his team had kind of changed a little bit. It was Michael Vick, I think. Uh, it wasn't Donovan McNabb anymore. Like, the, the years are kind of running together. But um, I, I don't know. I I'm not sure who has the advantage. The team that wins? I don't know. Um, when you were, uh, did you watch the game Saturday as it happened, the Jags-Chargers game? In and out, yeah, because we were watching tape and stuff. You know, we were all watching it, and you're sitting there watching a young quarterback, bad luck, and interceptions and all that. When you see that happening, I mean, what was your surprise level that they got down that much and he had such a bad first half and they yeah. were able to come back and do it? What's it say about 
Trevor to be able to get that. I, I thought it was amazing. I mean, uh, the, what the job Doug did, obviously keeping them like that, because it can easily go the other way, especially with a young team in a game like that. And then they kind of chipped their way back, right? They stopped them in the first drive, and then they come right down and score. I'll tell you what I thought was key, and I showed this to the guys this week. I talk about, <clears throat> I think I've said this to everybody here before, to me the most four, four most important series in the game, first and last of each half. In that game, the last series <clears throat> of the first half, for the Chargers' defense it was a two-minute. They ended up scoring, right? I thought that was big to go to get the seven points at the end of the half, and then it kind of carried them. And it was impressive what they did. I mean, all we're doing here this week is trying to make sure, first of all, it gets that way, and then make sure we don't let them get back. Um, How much is uh, opposing receiver height and length to, like impacting where you're sending Legereus as far as? Maybe a big receiver. Well, there, there was a, there's been a little bit. We've talked about that during the week with other teams. Um, they got some big receivers. They all can run. I mean, the things we look at is size and how fast. And then we try to look for the matchups and then go from there. But they got a good crew. Um, I mean, they talk a lot about the running back and the quarterback. But you start looking out there at 7, 11, 13 and what they're doing, that's a good group. And we're not certainly not overlooking them at all. Great. Warm out. Okay, thank you. Far away. So, um, I don't want to talk, I guess we've talked about bad things. Like, we were sitting there, everyone's watching the Cowboys, they missed four extra points, all these things get Chiefs fans all upset that kicking hasn't been easy around the league. We've talked that a bunch of times this year. How do you feel right now as you head into the playoffs through your bye week with your operation, with your guys on, on that part? I feel good where it's at right now. Uh, you know, we've had great weeks, you know, great days of practice, and, uh, you know, I think we're on point right now. and. I really felt bad for that kid. I mean, watching that game, that was a that was a tough one. The Jags game last time, they came out and onside kicked you guys. I mean, you, mm -hmm. you pretty much have to expect anything from them all the time. Is it even more now? You have to be ready for anything uh, this season. I'd be really surprised if they came out with a surprise onside kick again. You know, I mean, that would that would be something. But uh, you know, we're you know we watching that, we know that they'll do anything. You know, so you know our our. You know, we, we are ready for everything and, and anything. So uh, we practiced it, you know, we looked at it, and uh, we'll be on point with that stuff. The league a couple of weeks ago reportedly sent out a memo to all the teams about the holders using a marker or mm -hmm. some sort on the field yeah. and everything. I know it's not something, I mean, it's something that kind of goes on, but you know, not really talked about too much. Is that a big impact or? No, not really. Um, you know, you could pick, pick up a piece of grass and put it down. That's all you need to do, really. You know, you just can't have a foreign, like a, you know, like a dime or something like that to bring on the field to put down. That's all they're, that's what they're looking for right there. So it really doesn't affect us. We, you know, we don't do it. There was a little uncertainty surrounding Harrison. It seemed like he felt pretty good in, in the last game. How did he respond kind of coming out of that as far as confidence? He responded well. I mean, you know, his back, you know, we had the, the spasms and, um, you know, he didn't have any issues, you know, on the last uh, day of practice during the week. And so we felt pretty good about it, but we, we still brought Matt with us just in case. Uh, but, you know, I really was, it was a long shot that he wouldn't kick. So, and then he kicked great. He had a great warm up and uh, good pregame, not, no issues. Dave, going back to what Todd was asking about, Brett, and how you felt bad for him. Yeah. How do you treat that in that situation? That's a tough one. I mean, you got to get try to get them settled down, go back to fundamentals. You know, kicking the net and, and just uh, you know you could see you could really feel for what was going on. You know, he missed two right and then he over exaggerated and pulled one left and then he you know, I'm going to go back to what I always do and then he 
you know, because it must have been feeling really good for him that, you know, the ball was going right. He just felt right. It just wasn't, wasn't coming off his foot right. So, I mean, it was, you know, I was feeling for the kid. It really was. It was, um, you know, for, for Bones, too. I mean, the special teams coordinator, uh, Fossil. So, uh, you know, tough situation for them. I'm sorry to be there. Uh, I know your job as a coach and all coaches is always to try to fix it, right? To always try to find sure. the issue. You're in the playoffs now. It's not like building anyone's confidence for later in the season or when we need them. These are the games that count. There are times that it's on you to, to say in every position coach, Andy can't do it. You know, like in that situation, was it on Fossil to go and say, look, don't go to him. It's not there. I mean, I guess at a certain point you might want to. Um, you know, I'm not sure exactly what they were thinking. You know, when they they had the ball on a 20 and they didn't kick a field goal right there and they, they went for it and, you know, did they lose confidence? I don't know, you know, but it seemed like it. But who knows, you know, but, uh, you know, they kept kicking them with the extra points. I think that was good. You know, you, you, he needed to get a positive. You know, he needed to have a positive in that game and they just kept going to him. And uh, But to answer your question, I, there probably would be a point. Like if I felt, you know, talking to Bucker on the sideline that, Mentally, he was not there. I, I might have to say something to Andy. But if I felt like he was kicking well into the net and, you know, Coach, I got this. I know exactly what I'm doing wrong. Da, 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 da. That kind of feedback, I would probably just, you know, let him go with the next one. Is that the hardest thing to do? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's a feel, it's a feel thing for sure. I mean, it's, you know, that's coaching. You know, you got to make a decision. You go with it. And uh, Does it help how long you've been together with Andy that, you know, you, like I would think if you're a first-year coach, you – you want to tell the head coach, we're going to, we're going to get it done no matter what. <laughs> At the end of the day, you're supposed to win the game. And if, if it's like, hey, we need sure. to go I mean, if, I, if I think it's going to, uh, you know, having a deal where it's going to hurt us and we're not going to win the game, I mean, obviously you, see, you say something. But, uh, you know, if you're in that game, they were up. I mean, it wasn't even a, a closed game. So you want to keep kicking the guy, I think. I mean, I think they did the right thing there. Yeah, you a lot Have of you ever been to that point in a game where you've gone to the head coach and said, no, no, I, I can't remember. I, you know, I was, you know, as he was asking the question, I was trying to remember if I had any of those situations. And, and no, I've, I've told them sometimes, they, you know, the, real, the wind's really picked up here. We can't, you know, we were 35-yard line before. Now we're 30, Coach. I mean, we're, you know, we try to do that. And, and those things change, you know, as the game goes on. But not a situation where a player, you know, was, was struggling like that. And then you had to make that decision, so. They've got a few guys playing in the first postseason game, and I'm just wondering if you hold up the the Texans game of a few years ago. What a difference you know your unit can make. Yeah, I mean, season. I mean, all you got to do is watch those games, and you see like, you know, the quarterback sneak. You know, I mean, he, he gets the quarterback sneak, and that game is different. Or, or, or the you know the other game, the the other game with fourth and one. You know, the Miami game. You know, I mean, the, the, the delay game. I mean, every play is so important. Uh, you know, and then special teams on my end of it, I mean, obviously that's critical. So, um, you know, the guys watched it, you know, we talk about it all the time and, you know, we go back, we didn't go back and look at that game, but they know, you know, what happened in that game and how important it was to, for us to, to come out and make some bigger plays on special teams to even it up and, you know, it worked out for us. So, I mean, every play is important and, and our guys are dialed in right now. It looks like it may be kind of like today on Saturday, a little, little rainy yeah. and all that stuff. Do you have different like rules in place on trying to catch a ball or on a punt or anything like that when it's when it's wet? 
I mean, it, there is a you know there might be a situation where it's so windy or, or, or wet that you just don't hey you know we're gonna we're gonna line up out there but we're not gonna feel them you know we're gonna let it go you know we're gonna get the ball back I mean that might that that could happen that's happened before with us um, you know and with me so but um, most of the time we're gonna you know if the ball is kicked right to us you know we're gonna feel that we're professional athletes you know we're gonna try to make a play right there. Last one, Haley. Dave, real quick, kind of going along the lines of what everyone's saying, it's so important to have such a clean game in the playoffs. But looking back at the regular season, in your opinion, what was the cleanest game that your unit put together? Probably last week. Okay. You know, I, I would say last week was a was a solid, and that's a good thing. I mean, that it was right before the playoffs, and uh, it's a good way to go in. Uh, you know, we, we talked, that was our goal, was to be solid and, and clean in that game, and that's that's how we ended up. Good. Thanks, Coach. Thanks. Thanks, All right. Thanks man. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. First of all, appreciate everybody being here. Uh, What what an exciting time, obviously, playoff football in January at Arrowhead. Uh, First of all, Coach Peterson and his staff have done a tremendous job being in the position that they're in. They've just done a great job. I think they're seven and one since our last game. They got playmakers uh, all over the field uh, with their running back. Travis Etienne's had a phenomenal season. Ingram, their tight ends had a great year. And you look at their wideouts. You know, both Joneses have, have done great, done a great job. And then Kirk, with what he's added, and they got a strong offensive line. So uh, it'll be a challenge, but we're we're ready for it and excited to get rolling. So with that, I'll open it up for questions. Joe, you just said at the beginning of the year, Chris Jones. Need to have a great year if you guys wanted to be in contention for the Super Bowl. He's had a great year. He matches 2018 total with 15.5 sacks. Do you feel that the resurgence of him, if you will, has really led this team to being as good as you as possibly have been on defense so far? Well, I think when you look at, I mean, there's been a lot of guys that have played really well and had what we call career years. I mean, at every level, on the defense and on offense. And now when you look at Chris, you know, for us to be where we wanted to be right now in this position, you know, we just said he had to have his best year and I, you know we feel and I've been with him one year but you know Chris has done everything and he's put the work in and when you put the work in usually the results happen you know he came back in great shape uh, he worked in the offseason he had a great training camp and it just carried it over and he just he, he just kept chopping one one day at a time working and um, um, hopefully he plays his best football here coming up Joe, Chris refers to you a lot in, in his, how he's played this year. Is there anything in particular you point to in terms of your relationship with him that you think has, has helped, helped him along? 
somebody said, <laughs> I, I heard, oh, we have, we have a great relationship. No, Chris, Chris works hard. It's like, you know, the defensive line, I mean, they've all worked hard, and Chris has worked hard. And, uh, you know, like I said, when you put the work in as an individual and as a, as a group, usually, you know, you tend to have uh, good results. And that's the big thing, you know. You know, Chris has things that I can't coach, his size, <laughs> his athleticism, and um, and his athletic abilities. So uh, Chris has really done a great job put the work in. Do you feel like, uh, this is maybe a different way to phrase it, but do you feel like you're you're able to reach him and push him? Do you feel like he's, he's response to that well? Yeah, you know, whether it be myself, my assistant, Terry Braden, Coach Spagnola. I mean, Spags puts him in great positions so he can go isolate and win the one-on-one. So I think... Uh, you know, he's responded well to everybody coaching him. You're facing a team like the Jaguars with ETN, who's kind of that dual threat. Same thing with Lawrence. Just how much added discipline facing a team like that that's your unit? Well, you know, in terms of Trevor, I mean, I mean, first of all, he can run. He can, you know, he, he's got great athletic ability. He gets he gets out of the pocket well on third downs and, and escape ability. But he also has quarterback-driven runs and, uh, you know, the college run game. And Coach Peterson does a great job mixing all that up. And the same thing with ETN. I mean, he can, he's explosive, and, I mean, he, there's a stat with him over, you know, his runs over 10 yards are at the top of the league, and we're going to have our hands full. So that's a dual threat right there, and uh, we just got to have all hands on deck. Joe, you have to, um, obviously, at times push Frank in a similar manner. I just wonder what you felt like you had to push Frank on this year, and what have you sort of gained an appreciation given? Because you're for sure working with him as well. Well, I'll tell you, Frank's... Uh, you know, from the, from, from the right at the start of training camp, he's a great leader, uh, number one. And he goes, he, he, it's full speed all the time in everything that he does on the practice field and games. And he, and he plays with reckless abandon. Not everybody can do that. And, uh, you know, he's come back uh, this year and then throughout the year, just a great frame of mind and uh, excited to, to where he can get rolling in the playoffs. What, what makes you say that the frame of mind is, is where you would like it to be? Well, I just think when, we, when we, we went out to San Francisco, you know, and then he just, uh, we were down Mike, we were down some guys, and then Frank, to me, really just went that way in that game. And, and you know, he had the suspension for a couple of games, then came back, and he did the same thing coming back, escalated and gave us some big wins. And, you know, you look at the Houston game, you know, in, in terms of the Texans, I mean, it's in overtime. They stop us, they're driving. Who knows? He gets up off the ground, relentless effort, punches the ball out. We clinched the division on that that game right there. So just a lot of things like that. What's the difference, if any, at the end of the year where George has been able to change these pressures into conversions, uh, if there's anything that, that you've noticed? Well, I think he's finishing. And, you know, the, the game's kind of slowed down a little bit for George, and uh, he's got a great motor, and he had a lot of near misses at the beginning of the year, but he's just, he's just finishing his rushes at the top of the pocket. Coach, how much, uh, you know, you get a guy like that, he's talented, but a lot of, most college kids, are they can get by a lot of athleticism. How long, how long does it take for a guy to be whatever he's going to be in the NFL, right? To learn the moves, then learn the secondary moves, learn the art of study of the opponent, the tape, work on the chemistry with this guy. Like, when, when is a defensive lineman all he's going to be? Well, I'll tell you, that's a really good point. To me, I think the hardest thing in this league coming from college, getting into the NFL, is every offensive lineman you're playing is the best in their league. In college that's why they're drafted in the NFL so and they have a book on you before you get in the league so I think what you have to do is figure out what works for you and continue to do it and then when they stop that move you have to have a counter 
And that's the biggest thing. So when you look at rushers coming into the league, not many right away. I mean, I said it before, like Frank told George, he had, he had to wait three years to be the starter. He had to work his way in, rush inside, then go outside. Same with Chris. You know, early in his career, he wasn't a starter right away. He had to, he had to have spots where, he, you know, they played him. But George, we threw into the fire right away as a starter. And each game he's gotten better, and I think he's playing his best football right now. Is the balancing act of stopping the run and the pass rush, is that, like, in college, maybe a little more predictable, but so many multiple fronts and different looks, is that is it hard for a guy to be able to handle both responsibilities? And that's obviously a big one this, with the Jacksonville. They want to run the ball, and they, they're not successful when they don't. So. Well, you just have to play every down. And then, and then to me, I mean, as, as a starter, you have to play first down, third down, play the run, play the pass, play the screen. You know, you got to do all that. I've done a nice job this year of knocking down balls at the line of scrimmage. Sitting there Saturday night watching two six-foot-six-inch quarterbacks get a lot of balls knocked down. It's an art form, I guess. What, what sort of things do your guys have and the coaching that you guys give them that makes that a weapon for you all? Well, I think when you, when you look at George and Carlos, they were the two guys that had the most. And then, then we had other guys as well. I mean, they're tall guys, especially Carlos, and then George played water polo. Uh, so I think when, you, when, you, when you're not getting there and you, you feel the quarterback, just put a hand up. And that's what those guys have done a good job of, and they've gotten in the throwing lanes. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you, guys. How are you? Last time we talked, you were talking about Pat's ability to reset. You were remarking about that. Put that into perspective for us. I mean, is he above and beyond in that regard, or do you feel like that he's just sort of the standard for an NFL quarterback? You sort of have to have that. No, he resets. I mean, he, his the focus that he has is is what I think is special. Um, now that we get into the playoffs, and it's become you know since he's been playing, it's it's almost become something that's common for him. But at the same point in time, uh, and and us as a team, but. For him to be able to reset and have that bye week, I think, helps just the mindset of where he's at mentally, preparation-wise, um, and then also physically just trying to really step back, do a little self-scout uh, schematically, but then also on himself with where he's at. But he's just so locked in right now, and it has not changed literally from, uh, from when I first got here in OTAs, but when I really noticed it was training camp, and then from day one, week one, till now, you know, he's not changing. He's, he is uh, very, very focused on our opponent. He's very focused on staying within the system and doing what he does best, not losing what he ad-libs on. But at the same point in time, I think that's probably one of his greatest strengths that we don't talk enough about. Yeah, and along those lines, sort of the other side of that, we were talking a couple weeks ago about his sort of ever-evolving way of pushing the envelope. And I... I wonder if you if, if you could describe what you think that does to a defense to know that, that he's always replenishing that. Yeah, it, it never ends with him. His mindset is is that way. It's kind of really always been that way. Going back and you watch the tape that he had in college, and every now and then he'll make you watch a few highlight clips too that he had. But uh, he's always been doing it. He's wired that way. Uh, at the same point in time, defenses know that, and sometimes they want to try to take that away, and they want to tempt him to to take the check down. And I think there's a balance there. So you want to be able to stretch them downfield, but be, be smart with the decision-making. He knows that. Um, there's a couple this year you guys can probably remember where there's a, um, a deep cross throw, per se, 18 to 20 yards across the middle of the field, and everyone's sinking back, and you have a check down for a catch for six and a run for six, but instead he maybe tried to throw a deep cross. He, 
But that has he's limp, he's done a great job this year, in my opinion, of taking what the defense gives him, whether they're going to give him the check down or the touchdown downfield. And you have to give him so much credit and, and Coach Reed, E.B., et cetera, of being able to have him talk about that, you know, literally every day it's brought up. And, and we joke about the touchdown, the check down, but at the same point in time, he takes that and, and uh, wants to put it into action. And you want him to have that notion of, I'm still looking for the spectacular, right? But Always. Mean, Don't ever lose that. Yeah, but it, it, it is a constant. Yeah, I think it's kind of like, Sometimes I've, I've heard this in the past, and I think this kind of relates to it, but there's reckless and there's ruthless, and I think those two are different, and having the balance between knowing um, what's reckless, we don't want reckless, uh, but ruthless is a good word of being able to rip your heart out, go downfield, and you're going to give it to us, we'll take it. If not, then we'll be smart. Matt, you've been with Patrick rookie year, and then you know, second year, and then now you see him now. What's the difference between that my mentality of getting him ready for a big game like this between comparing that young Patrick to now this back. Yeah, well, I can remember his first start, and that was obviously a huge game to him in Denver till where he's at now. Now, I haven't been a part of all of these wins and playoff games that he's had mindset-wise to be there, but I do see how he's wired right now. Um, again, he's been this way, whether it's a playoff game or a regular season game, what I've noticed this year, and I just keep thinking of, of the word that I keep thinking of is he's locked in, and to have that... Um, I don't know anything different with him. He's so competitive. Like he, he doesn't care where you play, uh, who it's against. Every game he wants to be great, and I think that's one part of the DNA that he has. Man, we were talking about that reckless versus ruthless. Yeah. Go back to his rookie year. I mean, I think you, he didn't play much in games, but you saw him in practice. Did he have that balance back then, do you feel like, or is that something he's kind of learned? Well, it, it's, he was learning our offense then, and it was probably, you know, it was it – was, part versus whole. So back then it was part. He's learning our offense. Probably didn't know a whole lot about the NFL defenses at that time. So how to get in and out of a huddle, how to uh, call a play. In practice, he was a scout team quarterback. So he's able to just cut it loose and make card throws. So it's a little easier. But now to take that to that last regular season game, do what he did, I think that's when we all knew, like, we felt pretty good in that game that uh, this kid has the ability to be really special. And he just, he's, he ha that's what he does. You know, he's wired that way, and he practices hard. He studies hard. We were talking the other day about it, how much he's grown um, from rookie year till now. The stuff that people don't see is the process of what he does off the field from basically Monday to Saturday or Monday to Sunday. To me, him creating that own um, formula that works is where he's, he's really become excellent at that. And it's a credit to the people that he's had before now and the quarterbacks that have been in that room as well. How much of a realistic and how significant of an advantage is it for Doug to know exactly how you guys formulate game plans and who um, I think that's actually a great question. Uh, at the same point in time, um, I, I guess I'll say this. Uh, I don't think it matters that much. I think we all, you know, we all as coaches know how different coaching staffs prepare, and we all tweak different things. I mean, um, you know, without getting into details, there's some things that are different now here that we do that that wasn't the same way that Doug was here, you know. So whatever that is, um, you could look at it. I think more so than anything, it's probably as a big picture conceptually, and you could say the same thing with his offense. We kind of know both, but it, it's it's hard even knowing. If you think you know what play is coming, it's still hard to stop it on both sides. 
you know, so it's not, trust me, I dealt with that in 2018 when they, the Chiefs came to Chicago. <laughs> you, you mentioned that. You also played Doug Peterson. Uh, I think it was 19. Uh, and, and, like, knowing each other, you, you, you kind of detailed it. Afterwards, do you get together and share notes and say, well, this is what we did? I mean, I know you can break some, a lot of it down on film and figure it out on your own. Yeah. In the off season? Yeah, we, we do. We talk through that stuff. Now, it was it was 18. I try not to remember that game. Uh, but in actually, my, my last year in 20, in 21, Doug came to training camp. And so we were, we were able to, uh, when he was out of football for a year, we were able to talk about some things that, um, you know, from a head coaching perspective of things that he learned from his first time and that he's probably putting into action now, things that helped me out of, of how he did things. So I, I thought it's, we have a great relationship. I spent a lot of time with him in Philadelphia and here. And, uh, you know, it's, it was a lot of great experiences. Coach, um, after you left the Bears, you, you know, you had a, plenty of options that you could have done. What was the influence of coming home to, coming back to work with Andy and Pat? What, how much did that influence you? Yeah, it was, it was huge. Um, you know, I did have choices, I had options, and you weigh all of that. You also have the family side of it too. Uh, and so you, you go through all of that. but. Uh, in the end, Coach Reed, uh, Patrick, Veach, EB, et cetera, all these coaches, everybody here. You know, I had such a great experience my first five years here. So much, you know, good times. And I also have to look for myself and just, you know, what, what, how I can get better. How can I improve? Where, where, where can I get better? And what better way than to get back here with Coach Reed? Um, look at it now when I'm in meetings and go through my day-to-day process. I see it from a different lens than I did here before. I see the way he runs things as a head coach to, to be able to help me just be better. Then, then the other side of it too, obviously, was with, with, um, with Patrick, uh, being able to come back and, and see where he's at and help him grow and he can help me grow, et cetera. And then, of course, with Veach doing EB. I assume um, you don't always get a chance to watch games live. I'm guessing you were watching part of the Chargers and Jags game yeah. as it was happening. You were always watching the defense, but I'm I'm guessing you watched a little bit of the quarterback. How surprised were you that Trevor got off to such a rough start and was able to, with Doug, right the ship and come back and win that game? So a few things to that. Number one is, you know, and I played quarterback all my life, so I can sometimes I try to put myself in his, his situation, meaning Trevor. And every game you play, you know, whether it's your fault or not your fault, uh, it's always your fault because it goes, the, the interception side, right? So you got to be mentally strong to be able to get through that. I think it's amazing, and it's a credit to Doug and Trevor and the rest of their team and coaches on how they handled that situation. It's not easy against a good football team to come back from that deficit. But to their credit, they're mentally strong, and they did that. And I think it speaks volumes to who Trevor is as a quarterback. He's young. He's going to go through those times. And, um, but also me knowing Doug and knowing how he's always very calm, cool, and collected, I, I know that probably in halftime there was no yelling and screaming. It was just very calm, come back out, and let's take it one play at a time. They did that, and uh, that can certainly help a young quarterback have a ton of confidence and trust in your head coach and yourself. Thanks, Thank you. Thank you. All right. This year about your young guys. Yep. From the very beginning of camp all the way through, we're through the regular season now. We all talk about how the game gets faster in the postseason. Right. Can you really explain it to them, or do they just got to go out there and play in one of these games to understand how different it is? Yeah, they just have to experience it. Um, as we all know in here, you have a preseason mode, a regular season at the beginning mode, and then, of course, as the season grows long, 
I mean, there's another mode that we kick into. But once the playoffs hit, it's something that they have to experience because trying to explain to someone how something tastes versus tasting it themselves, I mean, it's, it's hard to do. And that's what you're trying to do with the playoffs. And so it's hard for me to explain to you what strawberries taste like if you've never tasted strawberries. And so you just have to taste it. And so and they have to taste it. And right now, the one thing that you try to do is you try to help these young guys understand that it's all about making sure that you get your rest and making sure that you study yourself first before you study the opponent. If you can study yourself and you know how you've played on film throughout the entire year, then you can actually hopefully fix some things that you may have seen on tape. So they have to experience it though. We match up with Jacksonville's receivers yep. Um, yep. and a little bit of a success besides maybe toward the end in that first game. What do you see out of Christian Kirk and Zay Jones and that crew that you, you guys fully match up against? Um, I tell you, when I was in Arizona, we drafted Christian Kirk. I was in New York, we drafted Evan Ingram. And so you talking all these guys, Zay Jones was at the Raiders for a while. So our guys, you know, going against this crew for the second time, you know, I let these guys know that, hey, these guys are as good as any receiving crew that we've had um, come in here to KC this year. So size-wise, you're talking Zay Jones at 6021. His size, we match up with him very well as far as height with um, our big corners outside. And, of course, Kurt has so many moves inside. I mean, he does a fantastic job of running routes. And so having whoever is going to play inside on him, be it um, LJ or be it Trent, is going to be a great test. It was a great test the first time. I think Christian had two touchdowns maybe the first game. And so, um, you know, he is a different type player as far as when you put your hands on him versus when you don't. And so, but regardless of whether you can get your hands on a guy like a Christian Kurt or Zay Jones, you still have to win once you get in phase. And so, and that's one of the things that we've been working on all week is trying to, once you get in phase, what are you doing now? So it's going to be a great matchup. What do you think has propelled LJ to seemingly at the end of the year here and entering the playoffs become this lockdown type of corner where he can really curb the, the other team's top guy? Um, I think LJ's um, ability to go in and to lock in and focus again on one particular receiver, which a lot of guys, you can tell them to go and study a guy and they may come back with multiple questions and may struggle still on the field with some of the things that they do. But every time I speak with LJ and some of the study, film study that he's had, it matches up with what I've seen as well. So he's able to go in and study a particular guy, which frees him up from trying to study everyone. And so, but he's done a great job with that. And so the more he can improve on, you know, being able to go and match up on a number one receiver for us is going to help us out. It seems obvious, but presumably that takes a couple of years. To it does. And this is year three for him. And so this is something I would not have done with LJ his first year. Um, it's just like Trent, trying to have Trent go and follow the number one guy. So they have to mature and grow into that role, I believe, and LJ is at that point. One of the things that uh, they talked about about Etienne is uh, he's got some long runs, like 10, 10 plus yard runs. That yep. means your guys have yep. to be involved in the run game. That's right. They all look very willing to do that. That's right. Um, That's right. How important will that be? Very important. You're talking Juan and Justin Reed has done a fantastic job for us as far as coming out and making tackles. Um, ETN um, brings another element. He brings the home run element because he's a 4-3 kid. So if he gets out in space, he has a chance to take it to the house. And so 
Our guys, just like every week, we try to look at it as a faceless opponent, but you know, when it comes to tackling, it goes back to your fundamentals. Same foot, same shoulder. Eyes, see what you hit, making sure that your shoulder pads are connecting, um, keeping your head out. So all those fundamentals will have to come into play when it comes to tackling all of these guys because not only ETN, but even their receivers, they run out the catch. They do a great job, and they're probably one of the tops in the league at doing that. And so, But being able to tackle these guys with solid fundamentals and knee bend, knee flex, ETN would be a challenge for us, for sure. Coach, I know Cisco uh, had a couple of hits on your receivers that, you know, got a flag, got picked up, other people wanted a flag. How hard is the job now for your guys with the speed and guys running in space, not, not, you know, coming out of the stands, but running in space to to hit the quote-unquote strike zone? Yeah, it's, it's, you, you just said it. I mean, it's the strike zone. It's no more than if a novice is out there listening to what we're talking about, the strike zone. We try to tell our guys to making sure, make sure that they're hitting from the chest plate down to the top above the kneecaps. And so the strike zone is very important to be able to focus on the hips of where the receiver or where the running back is going to make sure you're leveraging it to your next defender. So it's very, it's very important for those guys to be able to have knee flex when they're going in in space to be ready to go and make a move just in case they start to put their foot in the ground and tra- change direction. Guys that are standing up high, high strike zone, you're hitting, tackling up near the shoulder pads by the head, that's no good. You're going to miss a lot of tackles. And, and just as a are you, do you get frustrated watching the receivers and runners duck their head? They're supposed to call that? No, I, you know what? I mean, I don't. I Again, I... I played for some guys that 20, 30 years ago, um, that was the way the game was. And so the Don Shulers, the Buddy Rhymes, the, you know, those guys, that's the way it was played then. And so you're trying to teach these guys to make sure that they keep their head out of contact. But when a runner or a receiver, just as I play running back in high school, if I'm catching the ball and I'm running, there was a gauntlet machine that you ran through and you lowered your shoulders. So they're doing what they're taught to do. We just have to make sure that we get maybe a little lower so we can have our contact a little bit under their pads, you know. So other than that, thank you guys. All right, thank you.